Well, Matthew 5, 6 says this. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they will be satisfied. I mean, no. Hunger all by itself would not be a blessing. Right? But in the kingdom, the hungry get filled. That's the good news. So, like, the minute you find yourself hungry in the kingdom, you just might as well start rejoicing because the next thing that comes is that you get filled. You might as well just rejoice now because the hunger itself is a sign that God is pouring out on you. And he is going to fulfill that desire. And that word about hope that was released both through Shelley and Reuben is so powerful because hope is a key ingredient to apprehending and receiving all that God has for us. Because when you're hungry without hope, then you're starving. But you're hungry, but when you're hungry with hope, you're feasting. When you're hungry, but you know that your father never leaves his children hungry then you know that you are feasting at his table. Amen? Like we're not the dogs that get the crumbs. We're the children who sit at the table. And we feast. And we feast on the goodness of God. And, and so, God, I just thank you for eyes to see. You know, hunger. God. I, this, is, this message, this, this subject is really close to my heart. Hunger. And when we're talking about hunger, we're talking about spiritual hunger. Right? Spiritual hunger. And um, how many, I mean, just to engage a little bit, how many know what it feels like to be, like, spiritually hungry? You know? And, and it's like, and how many, so what I want you to do right now is I want you to think about, and maybe it's today. Maybe, maybe the answer to this is it's today. And for me, it, it honestly is, I think, today. But um, when you think about the time in your life that you were the most hungry and thirsty for him. And I don't mean like you wondered where he's at, that he was far away. But like the time in your life when you felt mo- most fulfilled by him. in your Just simply, not only by the blessings in your life, but by your relationship with him. By what... Another, I, I really actually believe when you talk about spiritual hunger, another great way to say it is awakened love. I think spiritual hunger is like awakened love. And, and, and how many know that love can go to sleep? <laughs> you know, but, but we're called, we're called to have awakened love. First love. And I think hunger and first love are inseparable. I think when you're, when you're hungry for more of him, it's because you are in love. But I know this, that when your love is alive, you are hungry for more. And, and that's actually one of the keys, or, or one of the signs of health, is hunger. Do you know when somebody just loses their appetite and they're just not hungry? It's a sign that something in the body needs to be aligned. Something isn't working the way it's, it should. And, and yet then, like, when, but when the metabolism is kicking up and you're just like, I'm eating healthy food and I'm, and I'm hungry, you know, that's a sign of health. Because your body is, it's living life, really. Is, is, it's a sign of that it's living life in a healthy way. There's more energy. There's more vitality. There's more focus. 
everything's better. Even your senses are better. And um, when you're when you're healthy, and hunger is a sign of health. God looks for hunger. You know, do you know that that God actually looks for hunger? God loves all people. Man, you know, think about this. I was just sitting with this pastor this last week, and I don't. This is a side note. It's it's for free. It's all for free because it's all been paid for. But but I have so that I I have an inner value that has become a major. I can honestly say it's a major part of the way I live. And actually, it's related to hunger. And and it's this that there are some people that when I meet them, I have a sense of who they are. We talked about it just a little while ago an identity. We talked about knowing one another by the spirit. Sometimes I get around somebody and right away I'm like, oh, that's how I was with this man. This pastor is Pastor Wes. And, um, you know, and uh, I, I got around this man and, and I know I know quite a few people like this. OK, um, but as soon as I met him, I looked at him and I was like, oh, I'm in the presence of a father. This is a father. This is a kingdom father. And I could just sense like the richness of what he carries, the wisdom, the grace on his life. is, And he just carried such a confident peace and faith for the work of God in his people. And, um, and so what I do when that happens, this is the for free side note. What I do when I notice that is inside I... How do I describe it? I sort of shift into a certain mode. And it's called receiving. So I'm not going to try to teach him anything. He's asked me to come and speak at his church. So I'm going to preach and teach with confidence. And release what I know God has given me to carry there. That part is one thing. But when we're together. I'll, I'll, I'll serve him in any way he wants. You know what I'm saying? If he, if he, want, if he asks you to pray for him, you pray for him. If you have a word... From the Lord, you give it, but you, you, you give it in a serving way. But I'm sitting here going, I'm going to get as much as I can from this man. And so I'm like, if you could just hear my heart and my spirit when we're hanging out, it's like, I'm like, he, I'm just like, just, I don't, you don't have to say anything. I'm just absorbing. I just know it's called impartation. I know that by being with you, I am receiving something. And so I bring that back to us. I've, I've received and that's ours now. And um, and uh, they anyway, and he was just talking about how he's just like, you know, God just adds to his church. He says he said he would. He, and, he, and then he just starts talking about the basic Corvallis because he bled and died for people. He said, and I love the way he said, I was just listening to the recording because I recorded some of the things he said. And um, and he said he bled and died for people. And uh, and he said, you know. We just don't think anybody ought to be without the Lord. I'm like, amen. We're in this. this is, we're family, right? I'm just like, you're talking my language. And, um, and he says, everyone's worth an all-out effort. And uh, isn't that powerful? So when we think about loving in our city, there are so many out here that we see when we go to the store that, that probably many of you work with or that you see who belong in here in this house. And there are many out there who maybe belong in another house. But I'll tell you what, 
there's room in every church in this county to grow. And do you know if everyone overflowed, we'd still need more room if everyone got saved? Amen. Amen. So we're partnering with that. But hunger. And so I just realized, I'm like, when I, when I realize, oh, there's richness to receive, I'm like, oh, I'm so hungry for what you carry. And I'm just absorbing. You get an impartation. And so we prayed it in the beginning, but what you receive is more important than what you've heard before. You know, I've heard people hear a message and they go, oh, I've heard this message before. And I'm like, there's messages I've heard several times. And every time I listen to it, I feel like I'm getting an impartation. So it's not about whether I've heard it or not. It's whether the substance of it has taken shape in me yet. Right? Amen. It's not whether I've... Yeah. Has, that, has it gotten a hold of me and has it shaped me? Has it become flesh in me in a way that's not striving and work? But it's like, it's life. Fruit is coming out. And, um, and so we're talking about hunger. God responds to hunger. Do you know there's the parable? I, I uh, there's the parable where it says that um, it talks about how he sends out the invitations to the wedding feast, right? And he starts with the favored ones. You know, he starts with those. Oh, I'm losing my microphone here. Sorry about that. Thank you. That's great. And he starts with those who uh, are of, uh, basically you think would be of the household of God. That's what it said about Jesus. It said that he came into his own, but his own would not receive him. You see it in Christ. See, because God is a hunger. Do you realize God's hungry for us? God's more hungry for us than we are for him. And when we get a taste of how much he hungers for us, our hunger for him, our desire for him comes alive. And ultimately, this is what God is looking for, to be loved back. And so, so it says in Psalm 53, God looks down from heaven upon the sons of men to see if there are any who understand who seek God. When God looks and he sees hunger, he says, there you are. That's what you get it. You understand. You're looking to me. And and so desiring what he wants, hungering for him, this is the healthy Christian walk. And um, I was thinking about how a fresh touch from God, which that kind of awakens our love and our hunger for him, is a bit like a chiropractic adjustment. Has anyone ever had a chiropractic adjustment here? All right, so... My first experience with chiropractic adjustments is that I was rear-ended. And then they told me to go to the chiropractor. I said, I don't think I need it. But sometimes you trust people more than yourself. And so you're like, okay, I'm not in pain, but I'll go. And I think I saved a lot of pain by going. I ended up getting tons of treatment for a while. And it was awesome. Deep tissue massages, adjustments. But I learned something about chiropractic adjustments in the process. And because after I got through it, I, 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 he, the doctor was like, you know, you might want to come because you hold your adjustments pretty well. I, you know, some people need to come back more often than others. But I recommend maybe you come back like every six weeks, you know, every month if you can, but every six weeks. And sometimes I'd come back like six to eight weeks and just get a little boom and 
and you'd be like, oh, you're holding your adjustment pretty well. Here you go. But here's what I noticed. I'd walk in thinking, I don't think I actually need an adjustment. But I'm going to come because he says it's a good idea and it feels amazing anyway, always. So you go in, you get this adjustment, you know, and then, and then what happens? I'm like, you move your head and you're like, my ear can touch my shoulder. Like, you, do you know what I'm saying? And you're moving around and you're like, I actually got so used to that normal progressively. And here's what was happening. Day by day, since my last touch, I was getting a little more tight, a little more rigid, because maybe I wasn't putting myself in the place that I needed to be. Maybe I wasn't being touched often enough, and even though it was available. And, 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 and so I'm getting a little more stiff and a little more rigid, but here's the thing, it just happens little by little. And you, and you don't even realize it, and here's the thing. You're still feeling pretty good. I mean, you feel good. Like, you're not in pain. not hurting. You don't feel like you're hindered. I can go for a run. I can, you know, I can do lots of things. I don't feel hindered in any way. And yet, I go in, and I get adjusted. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Like, I even feel like I can hear better, you know? Like, sometimes it feels like your ears open up a little bit when you get adjusted. Anyone ever had that? Like, I, he adjusts me right up here. They call it the atlas. And it's like the most amazing thing. You just don't realize you needed it. And you don't realize how much mobility and flexibility you were missing. And so I think like hunger and first love is a bit like a chiropractic adjustment. And, and so there have been times in my life, kind of like the chiropractor, where I'm like, I'm hurting. I need to go to the chiropractor. I'm kind of like stiff. My neck hurts to bend. And I, I got to go to the chiropractor. And that helps. And I feel better. Right? In the same way, there have been times in my life when I'm like, I really think I need to receive ministry. Like, I need to, I need to put myself in a place where I just need someone to pray for me. I, I need to receive a little bit. I need to put myself in a place to receive because I've been going a lot. And, and you receive from the Lord, but sometimes it's just really good to let somebody minister to you. We all need to be able to do that. And, and so those times, it's like you know you need it. You know you need a refreshing, so you get it, right? You, 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 set up, you start looking for it. But there have also been times when I'm like in love with Jesus, Alive in God, celebrating what he's doing in my life. I walk up, I walk into something. Either God just falls on me in the parking lot, or I'm at church, and someone comes up, and they give me a prophetic word, or someone just comes and lays hands on me and starts to pray for me, and then the Spirit of God comes over me and just begins to... And it's like, in that moment, you know, you're like, oh, man, I didn't realize I was actually carrying... Some, like, not bad stuff, just life, you know? And, and you just feel it melt off of you. And it's like that adjustment that you go, I didn't realize how much I needed that. Oh, 
this ring true to anybody? Do you know what I'm saying? And what it does is it reminds you, and it happens over and over and over and over in life. And every time I learn, I'm like, you know, just to be more aware that I always just need more. And what that means is, and when we say we need more, it doesn't mean that we're lacking. It just means there's more. Because hunger with God, you know what it is? It's a relational hunger. It's not like, it, it is our food. He is our food. He is our, he's everything we need. He nourishes us. But you realize, to desire God and awaken love, our hunger for God, is actually like how you desire somebody that you love dearly. So, in other words, it's not just about my personal need. It's a longing for God. It's that thing that, like, when I'm with you, my heart burns. And whenever that happens, it's the craziest thing. I feel more satisfied than ever. And I have more desire than ever for more. Isn't that funny how that happens with God? You're like, you, you're like God, God's the only one who can satisfy you in the deepest way and at the same time cause you to desire and hunger more. You're like, I'm more full, I'm more satisfied, and I'm more hungry at the same time. Amen. Deuteronomy 8.3. This is the plan that I don't prefer. Deuteronomy 8.3. It says he humbled you. He let you be hungry. He fed you with manna, which you did not know. Nor did your fathers know that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone. But man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Powerful. So here's what I want to say. Hunger is humble. Hunger is humble. And when you embrace hunger, it's one of the ways that you steward your own humility. And you want that because humility is what is is what opens the door to receive grace from God. Humility is everything in that area. But hunger is humble. So when you walk in humility, you're you're hungry. But sometimes what reminds, what refreshes our humility is that we begin to hunger. <laughs> How many of you have ever gone through a, a, like a, a period of time in your life where, like a, like a season of your life that was difficult? Right. If you haven't, I'd like to meet you. What's your secret? And, um, but, um, but, that you go through a time that's difficult, that you would not ever want that time back ever, ever again, and you wouldn't want anyone else to have it either, and yet at the same time, you wouldn't trade it because of what God did in your heart during that season. Because you came out of it filled. Now, here's, here's the thing, and I, I didn't expect to make this point, but this is key for us, you guys. If we're going to live the kingdom life that God's really called us, the life of abundance, the victorious life, we've got to understand that that is not God's first plan. And actually, I don't believe it's God's plan at all. But I do believe that when I forget my need and when my hunger gets low and then I don't feast like he wants me to, like he, the feast that he has for me, I'm not feasting and I'm not being touched, I'm not being adjusted. And, I, and I've lost my hunger. And I've, maybe I've 
gotten other things. You know, life. Life is full. We've all, we all have all had it happen. That creates, a na- that naturally creates a climate in our life where we're not getting what we need. So suddenly what happens? You find yourself hungry. Hungry in a way of like kind of a desperate hunger. Do you know what I'm saying? And what that does is it causes you to lean back into God if you have a relationship with Him. And go, God, what's going on? Help me. I need a touch from you. I don't know what I need. I need you to help me. I need you to touch me. Awaken my heart. Whatever it is that you pray, your hunger comes alive in that season. And because God always answers a hungry cry, He answers it. And then we preach a message about how God's going to lead you through hard times so that He can do good things in your heart. And But the... But, the, but actually, that isn't, it wasn't the hard time that changed you. It was the touch of God that changed you. And the reason you had the touch of God is because you got hungry again. And so I have said, God, I know that there's a key here. That I can learn to steward my hunger in times of victory and blessing. So that, you get what I'm, you get what I'm going. Because I don't actually need hardship to grow I just need hunger. Now, Jesus did say, I'm not saying, now, Jesus did say, in this world, you're going to have some troubles. In this world. But, but we, we've made a whole doctrine out of it that God's plan for changing our life is to put us through really hard stuff. And it's just not his plan. I mean, the wilderness that he... Do you realize this? If you want to take this verse in the context of... In the biblical context. I led you in the wilderness. You're like, see, you led him in the wilderness. I humbled you. I let you be hungry. I fed you. But here's the thing. He let him be hungry so he could feed him. They didn't actually go hungry. And... And actually, even a more important point, I believe, is that this leading in the wilderness, this humbling and this hungering was simply because they didn't want to go. They didn't want to. They weren't able to walk straight across the desert into the promised land all in one journey like God had actually planned. So they got a 40 year circling situation and we go, God, you know what? I'm just in the wilderness. This is my 40 years in the wilderness. And you're like, read read it. That wasn't the plan. That actually wasn't the plan. And it says in the New Testament that the things that are written before are for our learning. (laughs) Not so that we can reduplicate every pattern that we see. Like everything that Israel, right? He's like, right? Because if that was the case, he's like, well, you're a stiff-necked people. And we're like, praise the Lord. We're all going to be stiff-necked people. He's like, no, the point is... We don't, we're not that. We're humble and we're hungry. Amen. And so there's an impartation this morning. I'm receiving it. You know, I went through a summer. I'm just going to share. I, I have all these points. I'll get to them. But I, I just, I tell you, my heart is always to impart something and not just say something. And, and so in times like this, you got to know, like, it isn't really what's more important than hearing 
a Paulist message is that we get something of substance that changes our life. And so it's my goal to never share anything that, hasn't, that isn't changing my life. And if I do, and if it's in light of like we're all hungry, we're leaning forward, I want to communicate it that way. This is what we're reaching for together. I went through a summer about five years ago. And I won't even, I'll gladly share the whole story with you. But for whatever reason, I was, man, I was, it was, <laughs> it was a doozy. I'm laughing now because praise God it's over. And, um, but I, I just, I went through this season where like all this pressure of life and things and I could, it's a whole message or free of its own. But like story, you know, but, but I'll just, I just want to say it this way. I felt so fragile. For about four months. So fragile. Ugh. I'm, I'm getting emotional right now thinking about it. Like, not because I'm in pain, but because I just feel so saved by God. And so loved by Him during that season. But I'll tell you the story sometime. But there were days that I was home alone, like painting my kitchen. And I was just over, so overcome with lies and fears and things that I was believing that I just would just, I had to just, I would just stop painting. And I just lay, I just remember like laying on the hard floor of my kitchen and crying out to God. Please help me, God. Get up, paint some more. Tears, <laughs> talking to God and painting. And, uh, but that's just real, you know. I share these things because I'm like, I feel like sometimes you just, I don't know, we have to be real. And, and, um, and so, the point in that is that what began to happen is that desperation grew. And it just really needed God. So I started, like, listening, you know, before I... And there's fine. Like, I love other... You know, it's fun to do fun things. I love adventure. I like to have fun. But because of the focus in that season, I'm like, I don't have time for anything. I need God. So I'm like, if I'm cooking breakfast, I'm playing something on my phone. I'm like, just... Something spiritual, somebody ministering, something. And everywhere I'm just looking for a word. I'm just looking for God to speak to me. And he did. He continually did. He'd wake me, give me a verse. I'd go look it up. Didn't even know what it said. Oh, that's the word I needed, God. Ah, it's your promise to me. You know, and, uh, and, and, and here's the thing. The Bible says in, in, in uh, where is it? It's Proverbs 27, 7. It says, it says, a person who is full tramples on a honeycomb, but to a hungry person, any bitter thing is sweet. Hunger, healthy spiritual hunger, it takes you out of a mode of observation and evaluation and criticism. When I, when I find that in myself, if I'm observing or a ministry or and becoming a judge of it, deciding if it's Oh, I'll be the judge of this. You know that thing? I'm like, that's a sign. Because in that season, I'll tell you, I could suck the, like, the goodness of God out of anything that even had any of God in it. Because I was so hungry. And it was like every, and so in need of Him, and so humbled. So humble. So humble. I just found myself like repenting for things that I didn't even know if I needed to repent for. 
But he's just so hum- humble, you know what I mean? You're just like, I'm sorry for this, I'm sorry for that, I'm sorry for how I talked to you, I'm sorry, you know. And then, and then the key is, though, that when we're strong, because God's called us with his strength, is to hang on to that realization of our need for him. Because the reality is, in my strength, I need him just as much as I did on that day laying on the kitchen floor. I don't need him less today. I need him more today, actually. More today than then because I'm responsible for more today than then. I need him more today than then. Even though I feel way better than I did that day. And so hunger, hunger is the key. And I came out of that season and I remember as I felt the restoration of God begin to wash over me daily. And my strength begin to return. And my confidence for life and my vision for the future began to grow. I, I was aware of something as it happened. And I'll tell you that this day, this is something that I'm like, I'm just going, God, help me to steward this because it is everything. My, my awareness of my need for you, which creates a humble hunger. And I could feel the stronger that I got. The temptation to go, I think I'm better now. I think I'm good now. And so I, and I prayed, I, I, and I still pray this prayer, but I prayed. I said, God, help me as you make me strong to remember that this hunger, this work that you've done in my heart, I never want to lose it. Help me with that. So hunger. So here's a few things in closing. Hunger draws from the well. Being hungry for him allows you to dip the bucket down into the well of salvation and just drink freely. All you need is hunger. And hunger is always met. Hunger, let me tell you this, hunger creates an atmosphere. Do you realize that? Hunger creates an atmosphere. Your hunger creates an atmosphere that you live in and it creates an atmosphere around you. And if you don't allow anything to make you ashamed of that hunger, then that atmosphere affects other people. And it's contagious. Hunger gets filled. Hunger is a sign of health. Hunger makes room. Do you know that we, we crave and hunger for more of what we feast on? Your focus determines your feast. What you focus on determines what you feast on. And, um, and I was thinking, we could say like either, I was thinking about this, like, oh, you're hungry or you're not hungry. But the truth is, your cravings are always alive in this life. You're going to crave something. And what I find, even with food, is the food I eat is the food I crave. So when I start eating junk food, I want more junk food. You know what I'm saying? But there have been days when my my fruit of the Spirit, self-control, takes over. And I'm like, I want to eat this. And I'm like, what I don't want to eat is a big, huge salad. And I don't even want to make one. But I'm going to make one and I'm going to eat a big salad. And then after I eat the big salad, I go, man, that's not, a, I'm not probably not going to get an amen from everybody, but I like a big salad. And I'm like, 
and I eat the big salad, and I go, oh, yeah, I remember how much I like salad. And then after I eat the salad, I go, I'm so glad I ate the salad. And you know, I don't even want that stuff anymore. It switches your craving around. The more you feast on God, the more you hunger for Him. Okay, two last things. Hunger is uncomfortable sometimes. Spiritual hunger is uncomfortable until you embrace it. This is what I find. As soon as I embrace my spiritual hunger and celebrate it, it's not uncomfortable anymore. Then it's enjoyable. But spiritual hunger sometimes makes other people uncomfortable. And that's okay. We don't compare ourselves with each other. We don't judge anybody. I don't know what's in somebody's heart. That's the other good thing about, I think is important to say. You actually don't know how hungry somebody is. God does. And the truth is, I've got a big enough job just stewarding my own hunger. And, and I, and, and, but here's, but I want to say, hunger does make you uncomfortable because other people's hunger can make you uncomfortable because I've had this happen to me. I've been around people. And by being around them, I'm like, I thought I was, I thought my love was alive and I'm hungry. And I am. But I've been around people and their hunger is, their love for God is unnerving to me. It's, it's, it makes me a little uncomfortable. Because you know what the, you know what the discomfort is for me in that moment? I'm like, oh, I think you're more in love than me. That's what it feels like. I don't know how you measure that, but I'm like, yeah, I think you're hungrier than I am. And that cuts to my heart a little bit. But if you can receive it, that's a gift to us from God. Because what I've decided is like, those are the people that I want to be my friends. I want those people as my close friends. Like the ones that like, that like challenge me by their love for God. Not by their like, I dare you, I'm going to do great exploits, you know what I mean, I'm going to be loud, or, you know, it's not about that, it's about their hunger and their love that's alive, and that when I'm around them, I, I love God more, by being around them, and that's what the disciples experienced when they were walking with Jesus, and they didn't know it was Jesus, but yet they knew one thing, didn't our hearts burn, our hearts burned. I bet you they were so challenged by everything he said. But their hearts were burning. So, really, would you just stand, please? You know, sometimes when you start talking about hunger, the way you can communicate it can sound like striving and a lot of hard work. And I am, like, not in for that. You know, like, it's, like, I don't like, because God's not work. A relationship with God isn't hard work. It isn't. It's about as hard work as it is being a child of a loving father. How hard is it? Like, you know, do you see, like, do, are my kids, like, going, like, I'm going to try my best to have that be my dad today. <laughs> like, I'm your dad whether you're trying or not. 
And so there's no work in it. And all it really is is an acknowledgement, I believe. And so let's just lean in together. And and I know that I know I felt at the end of Dave's message, I caught the end of it last uh, when I listened to it. Like I felt when at the end during this time right here, I felt on even on the recording, like there was an impartation that was released. And um, and let's just receive again today. And um, and so however you want to respond to the Lord, let me just, let's just pray together. Father, we love you. We thank you. Yeah, and if you just want to lift your hands up and receive, if that's you, you're like, I want to receive right now. I'm going to lift up. God, I just thank you uh, for a living, healthy hunger. God, that brings a humility that drops off all the weight. That's what I love about humility. When you really step into it, you go, man, I was carrying all kinds of dumb stuff. Like, Ego stuff and worry stuff, and you don't realize it sometimes. And um, and so I just released that. I just see bags and like weights coming off shoulders. Right now, I see God just um, it, just brightening the eyes. It's like when Jonathan dipped his staff in the honey and he just tasted it. Said his his eyes were brightened. And so just taste the goodness of God today. And Lord, I thank you. I thank you for awakened love. I thank you for what you're doing in our midst. And that all we really have to do is say, Yay, God, I I receive. (laughs) Yay, God. (laughs) Uh.